You know, getting rid of evidence has been a long time coming for many, many years, many, many generations. Everybody likes to get rid of the evidence, especially the little kids that get into the cookie jar. They try to get rid of the evidence, but they got cookie crumbs all over their face, and they say, oh, no, 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 I didn't get in the cookie jar. How many know what I'm talking about, getting rid of the evidence? You know, I mean, the guy went to McDonald's, he got a, a Happy Meal, and he came back, and his wife said, well, it wasn't there fries with that Happy Meal? And he said, uh, she said, I smelled it on your breath. So he went back and got more French fries. But sometimes getting rid of the evidence is more important as far as the seriousness of the crime. How about Jimmy Hoffa? If you are old enough to, to recognize this name, Jimmy Hoffa was the president of, the, uh, of a union, a large uh, union that was the truckers' union, Teamsters. And there was a large dispute among the leadership of the organization. And one day, Jimmy Hoffa, the president, came up missing. To this day, they have not found his remains. There's so many different uh, uh, theories out there. One of the theories was that they put him in a barrel, filled it full of concrete, and put it into one of the big bridges that the uh, Union was building. Another one was they took him out into the ocean, and they, they put uh, uh, shark bait on him and dropped him in the ocean. They wanted to get rid of the evidence. Have you ever heard of somebody taking a gun and grinding off the serial numbers? It happens all the time. But it happens to good people. It happens to politicians. Some good, some good people. Now, if you were upset with this next slide, please forgive me, but I just could not resist myself. <laughs> I could not resist, amen, uh, to, to tell you just like it is, amen, uh, 33,000 emails deleted, destroyed, Bleach bit. Now, I'm not going to go political on you this morning. You know? Well, because it, it's really not honoring to the Lord. That's why. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, when I, found this, when I found this graphic, I was going through and making these graphics, and I found this graphic, I thought, well, I will take the chance to put it up there, and people will still love me. What Benghazi emails? What foreign donor list? What difference does it make? You see, when Jesus gets rid of the evidence, it is a powerful moment in your life. You do not have to drag that evidence around with you all through your life. Because you see, when the Lord comes on the scene in your life, He takes and He destroys all the evidence of the past. Could I get somebody to say amen to that? Amen. amen. Are you excited that your past is behind you, buried in the sea of forgetfulness? And Jesus puts up a no fishing sign. Boy, we're so quick to pull up the past. We want to drag it out because it makes us feel better whenever we are down and we're not doing right. Amen. If we can drag somebody else down. But I got news for you. The world is like this and the world is down here. And you as a Christian, you are up here. And they will do everything in their power to drag you down to their level. Very difficult to get them up to your level where you're at. But they will come, they'll pull, pull you down. Don't let it happen. Let's go back to Peter. Brother Peter's story is a very fascinating story. His failures was epic. He had a lot of failures, but yet at the same time, he was a man's man, a realist. He looked at the situation over, and he did a lot of things in the flesh, but he was a man of faith as well. His decisions and his denial, remember when he stood by the fire, and he said, I do not know him, I do not know him, I do not know him, and the 
the rooster began to crow. And the words came back when Jesus said that you're going to deny me three times. But something happened to Peter that day. He went into a far place and he began to cry out to God and, and ask God to forgive him. And, and it changed and revolutionized his life. When Christ resurrected from the dead, he said, go get Peter. Go find Peter. And he brought, they brought Peter back to him. And in the end, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, you know I love you, Lord. He said, then get out of the fishing business for fish and get in the fishing business for men. And that's exactly what Peter did. He had many rash actions, but he had incredible faith. You see, Peter, the man, shines as a man of faith. His decisions were that he, they were distinct. They were right. I mean, he didn't hesitate. He made the decision. And he was willing to step out. And he's the one that got out of the boat. He's the one that stepped out to the invitation of Christ to come unto him. I looked at this, and Peter's a lot like us today. I really believe that he is a lot like us. Ordinary blue-collar worker. An ordinary uh, small businessman uh, with uh, a partner. He was a married man. He was a man of conviction and a man of honor. And he was a good fisherman by trade. But the thing about Peter was he always went back to the Lord and he gave honor to the Lord and he said, Listen, I fished all night long and I haven't caught anything. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll go back out into the water and fish. And you know the rest of the story. He went out there and he caught so many fish. He had to call in his partners with other boats to bring in the fish. Ordinary man, just an ordinary man. And yet at the same time, when the Holy Spirit came upon him and gave him unction and power, amen, he, it is said that he, could, he would just be walking down the, the, uh, the road and his shadow would fall across somebody that was infirmed and the shadow of Peter would actually have healing virtue of Jesus in it. That's powerful, church. Jesus was always right there with Peter. He was right there walking with Peter the whole way. You know, Jesus said to Peter, he said, listen, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. He has desired to put you in the old-fashioned antique washing machine. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Had the two rollers on the top. And you wash them in, and then, you know, washy, 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 new blue chair, rinsey, 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 and the water's so clear. Hold it to your nose. Washy, washy, washy. And then you'd put it through the ringer. You know, you'd run it through that. And you'd crank it. I, some of you are looking at me like I'm, I'm from Mars. They put it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever seen one of them? Oh, don't, get don't get your arm caught in there. And it put you through that top uh, ringer. And they had a handle. And it, they'd roll that ringer. And it would squeeze the water out of the clothes. And then you'd have to take them and hang them up on a tree. Remember the day that Peter objected to Jesus washing his feet? He said, you're not going to wash my feet. No way, Lord. I'm not worthy for you to touch my feet. You know, feet are a very unique part of our body. They get dirty. They have three bones that are like a tripod. They get you down the road. They get you balanced. And your toes are like little grippers getting you down the road. It's real simple science. I learned about this whenever I went off that building and broke my heels. Instead of being like this, I was like this. But God healed me. You know the story. Peter said, you're not touching my feet. And Jesus said unto him, Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet as a sign of servanthood, 
so that you understand that the Son of the living God is willing to kneel before the disciples and take their dirty old feet and put them in a basin of water and wash their feet. It wasn't the washing that did it. It was the prayer of the washing of the feet. Lord, bless Peter, amen, as he walks this old dusty road. Bless him, Lord, as he goes into the highways and the byways sharing the good news. And Peter got it real quick. He said, Lord, if you will not have anything to do with me if I don't let you wash my feet that just wash me all over. Start at the top of my head and just give me a good douse of Holy Ghost water. I love Peter. He was a unique man. Jesus changed his name from Simon Peter, which means hearing, to Cephas, which is Aramaic, for you are a stone or a rock. And Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. In other words, Peter, upon you I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the Catholic denomination, God bless them, they take the disciples and, and uh, those of old time and they name uh, their parishes and they name their churches. Uh, St. Peter, St. John, those, you know, it's okay. We just, I don't, I don't think I've ever had Assembly God Church that I've been associated with as presbyter that said Jesus Church. We have when you drive into some cities you find First Assembly of God. You drive a couple miles and you find Second Assembly of God. You drive a few more miles and you find Fantastic Assembly of God. And then you're outside of uh, <laughs> you know the city limits. No, but I will tell you what. We honor the Lord. We honor Him. Amen. And we know that He is building His church. I'm so grateful that uh, the Lord does not build His church upon certain people or certain families or you know, certain ones, but He builds His church upon the foundation of the solid rock of Christ. And it takes all of us. It takes all of us working together. You know, there's a massive storm took place in Matthew chapter 14. Fear begins to strike the disciples' hearts. They're in that boat. They're they're just so afraid, and, and they cry out. They said, Lord, you know, they cry, they, they didn't, the Lord wasn't in the boat with them. They, they cried out. They said, we're going to sink. We're going to drown. And they saw the figure walking across it upon the waves. Many of the disciples thought it was a ghost, and Peter began to really look at it. And Jesus spoke to them, and he said, Fear not, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter, the rash and the unrational type person and personality was, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Now, he didn't really give it much thought, did he? Because nobody walks on water. I heard the story told of a preacher that could walk on water. And he gave that demonstration of walking on water and everybody said, no, oh, he just can't swim. Nobody walks on water unless they have stones to step on. There was a musician that, uh, a magician that walked on water, but they come to find out he had acrylic uh, boxes at the bottom of the, uh, of the pool, and he'd step on those acrylic boxes. You couldn't see him because of the water, especially when he had it all turned up. But Jesus was walking on the water. Amen. He was walking on the water, and Peter said, If it's you, Lord, bid me come. And Jesus said, Come on. And Peter gets out of the boat steps into the raging storm and begins to walk towards Jesus. What would have happened if he had just kept his eyes on the Lord and kept walking? 
But he looked around at the storm and he got afraid. And all of a sudden he began to lose that, 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 that powerful anointing of walking on the water. And he began to sink. And I don't know whether that he ran to Jesus or whether he walked towards Jesus. But I know this. The Bible says he began to sink. And just at the right time, Jesus reached out and picked him up by the hand and pulled him up close to him. And all of a sudden... Fear that was once a crippler. Fear that once uh, was a paralyzer. uh, One that would make you ill. Jesus shows up and the storm ceased. And all the fear began to cease. That was the day that Jesus got rid of the evidence of fear. If I'd have been in that boat, I'd have been in the same way. I'd have been afraid. I would not want to be out there in in that storm. I was going deep sea fishing with our family and and uh, we pulled out of the uh, of the bay of the port area there and to go out into the ocean and all of a sudden there was a tornado on the water it's called a water spout and our daughter don the captain was giving us the instructions and and uh, don she said just a minute captain and he looked at her and he said, she said it's a water spout don't you see coming right at us he would have destroyed that that fishing vessel he told everybody to go down below deck I told my kids, I said, no, we're not going down below deck first. We're going to be the last ones to go down below deck. We're going to stand in the doorway, amen, so that if this thing does go, we're going into the ocean. Oh, come on, church. We never have, I never have deep sea fished again with them because I just had time and it just doesn't work out well. But that was a good trip that day as long as I wasn't too sick. But I'm glad that the Lord destroyed fear that day. He ceased the fear in the disciples' hearts, and especially in Peter when he was in the arms of Jesus. Oh, I love the fact that Jesus gets rid of the evidence of death. Only Jesus can raise from the dead. There are nine cases of deaths and resurrections that are recorded in the Word of God. There's a Shunammite woman's son who was raised from the dead. The man who touched his, the Elisha's bones when they threw him into the, into the grave. The widow of Nain, Jairus' daughter, Tabitha. Eutychus, who fell out of the window because the preacher Paul was preaching too long and it was hot. Lazarus. Can you just picture old Lazarus coming out of the grave, all bound up in grave clothes, hopping around, and Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Amen. Oh, no longer is the sting of death upon Lazarus, praise God. And even his sister said, Lord, if you'd only been here a few days earlier. And Jesus basically said to her, I'm going to show you something that is going to increase your faith and your brother's going to be more excited than all of us put together. Somebody asked me, they said, Pastor, what do you want people to say when they walk past your casket? I said, I want them to say, looky there, isn't that amazing? He's moving. (laughs) I guarantee you, I will be moving. I'll be moving, but I won't be in this sphere. I'll be moving in the portals of glory, amen. I'll be running and worshiping and praising God. And then the saints in Jerusalem, whenever Jesus came back from the dead, the graves in Jerusalem of the saints opened up and the saints came out of those graves. Isn't that exciting? Oh yeah, they went on and lived their life and they died. But what a testimony, would you? Oh, I'd have have booked every one of them to come tell their testimony. Tell us about it. What happened? Amen. But... The greatest of all of the evidence being destroyed of death is Jesus. Just one touch, one word, and death has to give way to life. Someday Jesus will get rid of all death for the saints of God, you and I as Christians. 
will live forever with Christ. The trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ will rise. And we who are left and remain will be caught up together with them. And so shall we be with the Lord forever and ever and ever. New life. You talk about it. It's exciting. Do you remember the day that you got new life in your heart and life? Let's go back to Peter. I may get excited here in just a minute. I'm really excited because Susan's here. I'm telling you, this is a, she's a miracle. It's all I can do to keep her from lifting five pounds. I'm so glad you're here, Susan. People prayed for you. Love you. So let's go back to Peter. The religious folks of the day, they wanted to find evidence to condemn Jesus to death. All the evidence they could find was, they said, you are claiming to be God. He said, basically, don't judge me for what is said. Judge me for what I've done. Everything that Jesus did was good. He healed the sick. He raised the lame. He baptized folks. He gave food when there was a need for food on the mountaintop. Everything that Jesus did was nothing but good. And here they're looking for a way to kill him. But not only did they want to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill his disciples. Peter was high on their hit list as an enemy of the religious leaders of that day. They were looking for a reason to execute Jesus and do capital punishment on Peter. That day as the mob came to arrest Jesus, Judas had betrayed him with a kiss. And they began to come into that garden where that Jesus was praying and great drops of blood as if it were he was interceding. You see the battle was won in the garden, not on the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels to come, but he made his mind up in that garden. Not my will be done, Lord, but thy will be done. They came to take him to uh, have him executed, crucified by the Roman custom. And Peter couldn't take it. And Peter pulled out his sword and he began to move towards uh, the high priest's servant Malchus. And he took a swing at him in good Eastern culture way. Take his head off. But he didn't get his head, he just got his right ear. Can you only picture the scene in that garden? I'll guarantee you that Malchus didn't say, oh, I got a little headache. I guarantee you he began to scream, ah! I, uh, I believe that he grabbed his ear, amen. And some of the other people around there, they didn't know what to do. Uh, get, a, get a tourniquet on his head. No, that'd kill him. Take a shirt off and put it on there to stop the bleed. I guarantee you blood was sprayed everywhere. Everything had blood all the way around it. Uh, it was all over everybody. And it's like, we got them now. We got the evidence. We got the evidence. We got attempted murder. Oh, you guys' enthusiasm is so excited us morning. We've got him now. Get out the crime tape. I look for some crime tape and they don't have any for sale over, over the counter. I was going to wrap the whole church in, 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 in tape. Because you see, you're, you're, you guys are the evidence that you're saved. 
They went absolutely crazy. I believe we got them now. We got them now. We've got the evidence on it. Collect the DNA. Oh, it didn't happen at that time. Take out the picture in the video. No, they didn't have no picture in the video. All they had was just a big mess there in the garden. And Peter was ready. He was in the stance. Who's next? Who wants to lose your left ear? Come on. Righteous. You call it what you want to. You call it righteous indignation. Whatever. Peter was going to fight to the death. They weren't going to take Jesus. And Jesus walks over. He stoops down. And he picks up that high servant's ear. Must have been a real surgical swing. Must have been a real sharp sword. And he takes his ear in his hand. Wipes it all down. Blows on it. Maybe even put it under his arm and cleans it up. I don't know. Whatever he wanted to do with it, it's fine with me. He may have spit on it. I take the Lord's spit. I could use a little help with my eyes. I don't want to see men as trees. I want to see men as men. He took that ear, cleaned it up, and I will believe that he prayed over that ear. In the natural flesh, if it was me, I'd have grabbed him behind the neck and I'd just slap the fire out of him. Not Jesus. I believe that Jesus took that ear. I believe he gently lined up all the nerves. I believe he gently took and lined up all the blood vessels. I believe that he blew upon that ear. I believe that he touched that ear. And all of a sudden, instantly, uh, hey man, the ear was right in its right plate. Now you say, that's really stretching it, Pastor. No, if he could create the world out of his spoken word, he could take care of an ear. He put that ear back on him and destroyed the evidence right before their very eyes. But your honor, we saw what Peter did. He cut his ear off. Well, where's the ear? Well, it's back on his head. Are you sure it's his ear? It's not somebody else's ear? No, it's his ear. Present the evidence. And there was no evidence. I'm so glad that I'm so excited about this message this morning. I've been excited about it for several weeks, amen. And I just knew you guys would just be jumping and shouting and hollering and saying, Lord, Lord, thank you, amen. It's all good. We got him now. We got him now. Attempted murder. And Jesus gets rid of the evidence. I'm getting just a little ahead of you guys. Picks up that severed ear, does what Jesus does best, puts it back on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? How many fingers am I holding up? You see, the Lord didn't have to go through that test, He knew He could hear. He knew everything. In fact, if the guy had, had uh, if he needed to go get some of them uh, real cheap $5,000 uh, hearing aids, I'm just being facetious. He didn't have to have a hearing aid anymore. I get all kinds of stuff in the mail saying, we'll give you a good deal on hearing aids. You didn't hear what Brother Ed said. He said, huh? What'd you say? Huh? I was having a little thing taken off of my ear from a surgeon friend of Sister Blackard and I's. And it's in his office and he put that light on me and he put all kinds of rags around my head. And he said, now this won't take very long and, and it, it won't affect your hearing at all. It just, and so he took this little thing off the back of my ear and he said, well, how's that? And I said, uh, what'd you say? 
I'm glad he had a sense of humor. Jesus got rid of the evidence. See, God's grace, no matter, listen, now this is, this is the crux of the message this morning. God's grace, no matter how horrible of a sin that you have committed in the past, could have been last night. God's grace will get rid of the evidence. The worst, now what I'm saying about getting rid of the evidence if you, you know, if, if something happens and, and something bad follows you, you have a bad a car accident because of DUI or, you know, you, you, get, you get pregnant or whatever, you know, have a, whatever, those will follow with you. But the sin matter, God will get rid of it. He'll forgive no matter what. If you've had an accident, if you've held up Piggly Wiggly. I'm safe in saying that because we don't have no Piggly Wigglies here. No matter what you have drug around your legs with a ball and chain of sin, no matter what it is, no matter what you might, the devil might say to you, God's grace in the worst moment of you sinning, God will forgive you of your sin and He'll wipe that clear. Put your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Put you on a brand new path of life and living called New Life. And the main thing is this, is that God will forgive you. He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you, amen. And not only that, but He'll restore you in a good place. God's grace is so amazing to me. And I know that His grace is amazing to you. I want to close this morning with a testimony. Would you come on up? Justification means just as if it never happened. And you, when you stand before the Lord and your sins are forgiven you, nothing will follow you that will condemn you. Nothing will condemn you. Because it's already went on to be taken care of. Don't worry about the distractions this morning. God's grace is so good to us. Thank you, David. Delaney, would you get her a microphone, please? I want you to hear this story. I believe it will encourage you this morning. Come on up here, Marla. Come up here and hang on to this right here. She does not like to be in front of crowds. But it was so important to hear this testimony. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Chris is playing just to help me out. But God is real. And all the service has been designed by him each and every song I have covered in my mind all week long I have been sick all week long and God has healed my body and I believe that God is real 
that there is a devil out there. He is willing to take anyone with him. But I'm glad God is greater than anything. I work at Burger King and the things I have seen has been horrific. Several months ago, this lady got hired and she practiced witchcraft. And this guy who makes the sandwiches, he was into Satan. He had his black fingernails. Wouldn't speak of God of whatsoever. He'd write on the sandwich board a Satan message. And I'd come around and write on a Jesus message. Praise his message. Although his message got erased, he would not erase mine. And I'm thankful for that. It was a seed which was planted and a week ago a week ago he got saved he had he had a dream that God is coming soon and church God is coming soon although we've heard it all of our lives He is coming soon. And I asked him, I says, are you going to do something about that? And that was the first day he came back to work, told me about it. The next day I asked him, did you do something about your dream? He says, well, yeah, I did. God is coming soon and he said it just like that and it was no time for his cuss words to disappear and his spirit to be revived and it was no time he was telling others God is coming soon and thank you Christmas Chris God is coming soon yes he is Thank you. She said he took his black fingernails off. I didn't take them off. He cleaned them up. That must have been some kind of dream. That must have been some kind of dream. For a rank sinner to come back to work and say, God is coming soon. Ask you a question. We're going to open up the altars. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? The evidence of sin is gone. 
the evidence of a new life is there. We're going to sing this old song of the church. What a day it will be. And I, I want to say, Lord, thank you. Because, you know, when one hurts, we all hurt. And I'm telling you, the Burns family is hurting today. We've got a son that's in intensive care. They're getting ready to bury their dad tomorrow. He just buried their mother. Brian up in the sound booth just married his lovely wife, very young. But I want to say thank you, Lord, that you came on the scene and you lightened our heart this morning even though we are carrying a heavy load. The families are carrying a heavy load, Lord, but you came on the scene. Lift the load of sin in this place today if there be any sin. Be quick to come. Amen. And kneel at an old-fashioned altar. Take your liberty. Amen. As we sing it, sing with us.